Jesus is coming again, 194. And let's sing it out to the Lord tonight. Marvelous message we bring, glorious carol we sing, wonderful word of the King, Jesus is coming again, coming again, coming again, maybe morning, maybe noon, maybe evening, and maybe soon, coming again, coming again, oh what a wonderful day it will be, Jesus is coming again, forest and flower exclaim, mountain and meadow the same, all earth and heaven proclaim, Jesus is coming again, coming again, coming again, maybe morning, maybe noon, maybe evening, and maybe soon, coming again, coming again, oh, what a wonderful day it will be, Jesus is Standing before him at last, trial and trouble all past. Crowns at his feet we will cast. Jesus is coming again. Coming again. Coming again. Maybe morning, maybe noon, maybe evening, and maybe soon. Turn over to 426, dwelling in Beulah Land. 426. Far away the noise of strife upon my ear is falling. Then I know the sins of her be set on every Doubt and fear and things of earth in vain to me are calling. None of these shall move me to the land I'm living on the mountain underneath the cloudless sky. Praise God, I'm drinking at the fountain that never shall run dry. Oh, yes, I'm Bountiful supply, for I am dwelling in Beulah Land. Okay, now when we get to that praise God, somebody else besides me has got to say it. All right, let's let's try that next time around. Here we go. 
Far below the storms of doubt upon the world is beating. Sons of men in battle long the enemy withstand. Save for my within the castle of God's word retreating. Nothing then can reach me. to 624 and until we see Jesus let's count our blessings amen 624 when upon life's billows you are tempest lost when you are discouraged thinking all is lost count your many blessings one by one and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God hath done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God hath done. Are you ever burdened with the load of care? Does the cross seem heavy? You are called to bear. Count your many blessings, every doubt will find. Singing as the days go by. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God hath done. Let's sing that third as the last. When you look at others with their lands and gold, think that Christ has promised you his wealth untold. Count your many blessings money cannot buy. No reward in heaven nor your home on high. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. 
seated. And speaking of which, let's count our blessings. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, the count was 78 this morning, four first-time visitors. Praise the Lord for that. And uh, little Miranda Maria was born January 4th. Praise the Lord for that. And um, another praise is um, many of you will not remember May Lynn, but she was a, a member of this church uh, several years ago. And um, But she was here this morning. And so just praise the Lord for that. That's an answer to prayer. And uh, snuck in, snuck out, but praise the Lord. She was here this morning. So um, that is a great praise. All right, any other praises? What? Okay, praise the Lord for the trip to Heartland. All right. Oh, yes. Yes, the Messinos are back with us. Praise the Lord. Okay, Brother George and then Brother Ted. Amen. Don't you love it when the Lord does that? Brother George. Amen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> All right. He said, praise the Lord for the minimum wage increase. <laughs> and uh, I told him there is a downside to that sin. And uh, that's that the boss has you work less hours, so. But, uh, all right. Brother Paul. Amen. All right. Three ones. I think we got just about everybody here. Okay, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to take this time just to thank you for the things that you have done in our lives. And, Lord, uh, we're just thankful for who you are. We're thankful that you love us, Lord, that you care about us in spite of who and what we are. Lord, we're thankful that we can rely upon you regardless of the circumstance. Lord, we're thankful that you're there when children are born. You're there to heal us when we're sick. You're there for those who are saved to usher us into heaven when we die. Lord, we're thankful that there's not a situation in our life that we have to face alone. We thank you for your goodness and your work. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And let's sing one more song before we get into the uh, message tonight, 216. Uh, this is a song we don't sing often enough, uh, but the only problem is if we sing all the songs often enough, that's all we'd ever do is just sing. And so uh, 
216 when we see Christ. your Bibles, if you would, and turn to the book of 2 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, 
And uh, we're going to start here in verse 7 and go down through the end of the chapter and try to get through the end of the chapter here tonight. Now, Philip, while Daddy's speaking, you've got to be quiet. All right. And uh, some of you that were here long enough to remember when Stevie was that age, uh, your patience is asked again. And for everybody else, uh, your patience will be asked for the first time. But uh, um, it, it's hard to sit with my kids in the service and preach at the same time. Uh, so uh, let's turn to First Second Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 7. And to you who are troubled. Uh, I think that pretty much describes the situation in the world today. Amen. Uh, we do not have it figured out, but look what Paul says. He's talking to the Thessalonians here. He says, And to you who are troubled, rest with us. Isn't that a beautiful verse? I wish we could just stop right there and spend the whole night on that. But uh, that is where Paul starts. This That's where we're going to start tonight. Uh, if you remember the story out of the book of Acts several weeks ago, actually a couple months in November, I think we went through the story of how Paul went into the city of Thessalonica. And uh, he wasn't there very long, but uh, the, uh, there was a, a big turmoil and a lot of problems there. And Paul was literally chased out of that city, uh, fearing for his very life. He wasn't in Thessalonica, but for a couple of weeks... And, uh, and Paul was uh, left this baby church struggling and dealing with all of the things going around them. And uh, he wrote them two short letters. And uh, if uh, you look at verse 1 here in, in chap- uh, verse 2 of chapter 2, uh, it says that ye, not, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter. Look what it says there, as from us. Uh, Apparently someone hated this church so bad that uh, they had taken upon themselves to write a letter to the church at Thessalonica and sign Paul's name to it. I mean, how can you get more uh, despicable than that? And uh, yet, I mean, that stuff goes on all the time. Uh, There are people that say, I have a vision. Okay. Uh, I, you know the best, the best recipe for a vision. If you want to have a vision, uh, this I promise you this will work. Uh, I can't tell you what kind of visions you will have, but uh, if you'll go down to the corner store and order a hamburger, anchovy, and mushroom pizza, and they get a large vanilla shake, uh, you will have visions uh, before the morning. Uh, unless you have a cast iron gullet, uh, there you will see and hear things that uh, you never thought humanly possible. Uh, but uh, that doesn't mean it's from God. In fact, um, if you there's some guy on the radio now advertising uh, the Dream Doctor's book. Has anybody heard about that? I've heard that advertisement about a half a dozen times in the last few weeks. And he wants to tell you what your dreams mean. Uh, now, I'm not a psychologist, not a psychiatrist. Uh, but let's just put a little common sense in here. Your dreams is your brain taking out the trash. That's the best way to describe it. Uh, it is all of the pent-up emotions and different things that you hear during the day, and as you sleep, your brain begins to try to clean itself and straighten everything out, kind of like 
uh, defragmenting a hard drive if you're into commuter, computer stuff. And uh, that's where your dreams come from. And uh, I'll tell you the best thing to do with your dreams is pray that you don't remember them, you have no part of them. And if you do remember them, just let them go because it's your brain taking out the trash, really. And uh, just let it happen. Uh, let it go. And uh, uh, if you have a real problem with recurring nightmares and things, then uh, you better, better spend some time with the Lord because He's the only one that can straighten that stuff out. But here we, uh, we have uh, Paul telling these people, he says, And to you who are troubled, rest with us. Here's why you can rest. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power, when he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe, because our testimony among you was believed in that day. I read one more verse than I wanted to, but you got to realize that uh, the Michael Newdows, how many people know who Michael Newdow is? Uh, he's the fellow that's trying to get under God, taken out of the Pledge of Allegiance. He's the fellow that uh, 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 filed. Uh, it was interesting. Our our brave Supreme Court said that uh, because he had filed the case on a daughter with whom he had no custody, he had no standing. And so they refused to deal with the case. So he just went and found another family who had custody of their own children and filed a new case. And... Um, We'll see how far this one goes. But, you know, what we really got to do, it's easy to get angry at people like Michael Newdow. It's easy to get really upset at the uh, sodomite community and over this gay marriage issue and, and uh, all of these things that are going on today. Uh, it's a great day in New York City. We now have a homosexual uh, uh, leader of the city council. Uh, we've, we've come a long way, baby, but it's not in the right direction. I'll promise you that. And, uh, you know, you can, I mean, so many times it looks like they're winning the war. But I just read the last chapter to you. They don't win. It's not going to turn out the way that they think it is. And so... I don't need to get upset about all that. Because God's going to take care of it someday. And if God's going to take care of it, then Pete Montoro doesn't have to. Or Franz or Sandra or anybody here. If God is going to take care of it, you don't have to. That's why we can rest with Him. Amen? That does not mean we glory in the judgment that is coming if your heart's in the right place I mean I I don't know how to express it I mean I uh, we certainly do not endorse evil and debauched wicked and rebellious rebellion against God we do not uh, endorse this type of behavior we plead with you to come to Jesus and allow him to straighten out your life amen but if we'll rest in him 
because God is going to take care of this. Now, here's where we're going. Look what it says in verse 10. When he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe. Man, I was reading that, and that thing just jumped off the page. Do you get what Jesus said? He's coming back, okay? He's going to take care of this thing with judgment. It says that he is going to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe. Now, when we think of the word admire, we, we think of, oh, wow, there goes something important. Wow, that's neat. I got to I got to be close to the president or the mayor or whoever it might happen to be. Uh, but Jesus said he wants us and is going to allow us to hold him up in our estimation. To literally when you admire someone, what are you doing? You are elevating them above yourself. Now, I take you back to the definition we've repeated many, 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 many times. What is worship? It is the lifting up of the Lord Jesus Christ and at the same time, the lowering of ourselves. That's what worship is. And God uses that word. Now, we better be careful that as we admire people, that we give honor to whom honor, but we don't give any extra. Amen? Uh, we do not hold people, uh, no matter who they are, uh, in any position. Because Jesus said, listen, he said, I'm coming. It says, when he shall come to be glorified in his saints. How is he going to be glorified in his saints? He's going to take your life and tell the story of what he did in your life. And other people, other people that hear that story are going to give the glory to God for what he has done. And what are we going to do? We're going to admire him. Amen. We are going to lift him up. We are going to, we are going to prove to ourselves and to everyone around that Jesus is not an ordinary man. That he is God in the flesh. And that is what heaven is going to be about. That is what the kingdom is going to be about. While those seven years of tribulation are going on here on earth, somewhere during that time period, God is going to have time in there to judge all of his people. When we get to Revelation chapter 19, the bride is dressed in linen, clean and white, which is what? The righteousness, not of Jesus Christ, of the saints. That is going to be our rewards for serving Him. I, I don't know if I can endorse this, but I heard a preacher preach one time. He said, your clothing is going to be how you serve the Lord. And he said, some people are going to be embarrassed because there's not enough righteousness going to be to clothe them properly when they stand in heaven. Now, I, I don't like that thought, and I, I don't know if I can really endorse that, but... Uh, uh, that that would be uh, absolutely embarrassing if it works out that way. But it says the linen is the righteousness of the saints, and 
Uh, it doesn't take too much of a sanctified imagination to imagine if you don't have much righteousness, how much linen is there going to be to cover you? Uh, let's uh, let's uh, think about that and pray about that. Amen. But when he comes, he wants to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe because our testimony among you was believed in that day. He said, when we came in, we didn't have much time. We preached the gospel. You believe. And when we're in heaven, we are going to glorify Jesus. We're going to admire him. He said, wherefore also in verse 12, because of this, we pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power. Now there's a lifetime of living right there in that verse. Amen. Paul says, listen, we're praying for you. And we're praying always for you. Now, here's what he's praying for. That our God would count you worthy of this calling. That God would count you worthy to, be, to bring glory to his name, to stand in that group that admire him. There are, um, oh, I think if you walk down the streets, even here in Astoria, and ask how many people were Christians. I mean, I, I would think that the majority would, uh, of at least uh, European people that you would meet, would say some type of, uh, of uh, would believe that they are some type of, of Christian. Now, if you get into the Bangladeshi community, there's an awful lot of, uh, of uh, Islamic people there, but there's a lot of Bangladeshis that claim to be Christians as well. Uh, in fact, there's two or three Bangladeshi churches. Uh, none of them are, are really what we would consider Bible-preaching churches, but they're still there, and they still use the name Christian. And, and there are many people who, who use the name Christian. But are they going to be counted worthy to glorify Jesus? Because their Christianity is merely an outward designation. Well, I'm not Muslim. I'm not, uh, I'm not Hindu, I'm not Buddhist, therefore I'm Christian. That kind of designation will not make you worthy. The only thing that will make you worthy is a living relationship with a living God. Amen? I think it was old Billy Sunday. Now, he was a Presbyterian, but he said, there's going to be so many Baptists in, in hell, their feet are going to be sticking out the windows. And the reason he said that was he was preaching against the liquor crowd and there were some Baptist deacons and Baptist people who were involved in that mess. In fact, a preacher named J. Frank Norris, I believe it was in 1917 or something like that, it was just before the amendment went into the Constitution outlawing the Volstead Acts, went into effect and he, he uh, took out uh, the Sunday morning uh, a page in the Sunday morning Dallas Times and printed the name of every Baptist deacon in Dallas-Fort Worth who had interest in a liquor store and uh, uh, really, really made a huge thing there. But 
it's not just because you have sin in your life. It's because you do not maintain a relationship with God. And Paul says, listen, we pray. Because when you have a relationship with God, it changes things. Amen? You can't do what you once did. And if you do, you won't do it for long. Amen? God is going to stop you. And that's a wonderful thing. And says, and fulfill all the good pleasure of His goodness and the work of faith with power. We need to pray one for another. Paul was praying this for the Thessalonians. We need to pray that God's work is done with power in our midst, that our lives are lives of faith. When is the last time? Now, I don't want any raise of hands here, but when is the last time that you just sat down and started thinking about people who come to church here and started praying for them? That God's work would be done in their life. Now, somebody may be saying, well, I do that every day. Praise the Lord. If you don't, you ought to think about starting. Amen? That's what Paul was doing here. And I'll tell you, if you have somebody that you have problems with, you start praying for that person every day. And it won't be too long before you're friends with that person. You can't pray for somebody, uh, especially someone else who's a Christian, and, and not have God change your heart and their heart as well. So often the key to changing someone else's heart is getting yours fixed first. And uh, we look here, and it says, when he says, Wherefore also we pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness. I think it was John R. Rice used to preach a sermon that God had a, is going to have a closet in heaven for every Christian. He's going to open it up and show you what he wanted to do with your life but couldn't because of your lack of letting him work in your life. Now, I don't know if God's going to do that or not. I don't believe God's got a lot of closets in heaven. Uh, I think one of the most wonderful things about heaven is there won't be any closets. Amen. Everything's going to be out in the open. But uh, the simple truth of the matter is, the point he was trying to illustrate is, Paul is praying, listen, I not only to be counted worthy of this calling, but to fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness. God has a plan for us. He wants to do things that will... He wants to use us to the fullest extent, not of our goodness, that wouldn't take very long, but of His goodness. That'll take your whole life. Amen. He wants to fulfill His pleasure, His good pleasure of His goodness and the work of faith with power. And now here's the purpose of the whole thing. That the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and ye in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. If you could sit down and boil your life down to one purpose, what am I trying to do with my life? You say, well, got to go to work, got to pay the bills, got to take care of my responsibilities, got to keep a good testimony. Well, those are things, but that's all secondary. 
the major goal of your life shouldn't be just to pay your bills. Amen. We went to a financial seminar uh, a while back, and I took uh, Ted and Franz there. The only reason I went is because the tickets were free. And uh, so we, we took them there, and, you know, the, the basic idea of the story was if you order your finances right, you can retire being a millionaire. And, uh, well, that, that might work, but I'll tell you, my goal isn't to retire and be a millionaire. Amen? My, my goal isn't to retire and have a huge pension, because uh, right now my pension is zero. Uh, I'm not worried about that either. That's not my main concern. My goal and your goal ought to be the same. Pastor, member, our goal, our purpose. The reason we do what we do is that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in our lives, in you. God will glorify you in Him according to the grace of our God. Now, I'm glad it's according to the grace of our God because if it was according to our grace, it wouldn't get very far now, would it? Because we don't have a lot of grace. Fortunately, God has all grace. He has everything that we need. And we've got to understand that, hey, God wants me to do a good job at work. God wants me to have a good testimony. God wants me to tell others about Him. God wants me to live a clean life. God wants me to be a good husband, a good father, a, a good pastor. He wants each one of us to do not what our abilities will allow us to do, but to fulfill all the good pleasure of His goodness. That's what God wants to do in our lives. Now, I don't know anything more encouraging then the simple fact is that God wants to fulfill His goodness in our lives. Now, we can hinder that, or we can get out of the way and let it happen. And by the way, there are things you need to do. It's not totally passive, amen. You've got to be involved with this, and that. we go back to that resting, letting God take care of the things God's supposed to take care of, and you take care of the things you're supposed to take care of, you'll, you'll find out that 90% of the conflicts in your life is when you get taken care of something that really belongs to somebody else. I mean, all the time in the Montoro household, we have somebody picking up something that belongs to somebody else. Philip loves to come by as Esther sets down her juice... Uh, cup, her little sipper cup, and uh, there's something left in there, and Philip will just drain that thing in a matter of seconds, and uh, little Esther will let everybody in the whole house know that Philip is taking care of something that belongs to her. Uh, she had every intention of finishing that all by herself, amen? And, and as they get older, it's pencils and pens and books and clothes, and, and as they get older, it, it is mommy and daddy's clothes. 
and uh, other things that people are trying to take care of and uh, appropriating ties and different things and um, and uh, uh, if you really want to make dad upset appropriate his socks then you're in deep deep trouble uh, don't take care of something that belongs to somebody else amen doesn't it work that way at work doesn't it when you have conflicts at work isn't it often because you're trying to take care of something that belongs to somebody else who died and left you boss uh oh maybe you're trying to take care of the boss's work you know if we're going to do what's right we've got to let God take care of his stuff and there are certain things that we can do amen God expects us to take care of a few things that's why we have the Bible reading schedule out there take care of that thing amen God's not going to read your Bible for you you need to do that uh, you know, it, it would be nice if you just laid down and an angel stood there by your headboard and read your scripture all night. Wouldn't that be beautiful? I mean, that I'll tell you, you would, you would sleep better and you would know more Bible than any other way. But God's not going to do that. He expects you to take care of that. If we're going to rest, that means we don't do our, we, we're not doing God's work. We're not trying to do things that he's supposed to be doing. And uh, we just go through here and we understand, hey, these wicked people that are doing all this rotten stuff, Jesus is coming back. He's going to take care of them. Don't you try. I mean, we all try. We will. You know, how awful can it get? What is this country coming to? Well, I'll tell you what this country is coming to. It's called destruction. But Jesus is coming back. He's going to straighten that thing out. So I'm going, to let, I'm going to do my best, all right, to let him take care of those things. And me take care of the things that he wants because I want him to be glorified in me. And I want to admire him. I want to be counted worthy of that. We want to fulfill. I mean, could you imagine what a life would be like fulfilling all the good pleasure? of his goodness can you just imagine what that would be like that'd be a taste of heaven right here on earth wouldn't it Philip almost done and then pray for one another that God would count us worthy that this thing would happen and that the work of faith would be with power because our purpose is to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ and all God's people said. Dear Heavenly Father, we just ask that you would work through this study of these few verses tonight, that you would give us grace, that you would allow us to be counted worthy of this calling. Lord, that you would be able to fulfill all the good pleasure of your goodness in our lives. Lord, we want your faith to work through us with power because we want your name to be glorified. We ask that it would be glorified here at Open Door Bible Baptist Church. We ask that it would be glorified in our personal lives. We ask that it would be glorified as we live for you in this world. 
In Jesus' name we pray. And we'll take just a few minutes before we say amen and open the altar. If you'd like to come and pray, uh, you may. And uh, we would ask you just to... The altar is open. We won't be long tonight. But if you'd like to come, now is the time. God's people said, Amen. Peter, please put this on the